jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. But he wakes up just in time for the Tennis Podcast, which is coming at your fucking ass right now. And I'm your host, Nick, joined by a guy. <laughs> I almost pulled my earbuds out. Why? You didn't let you, I don't have a good singing voice? I cringed so hard, I turned inside out. Great. Well, then we're off to a great start. We're going to be talking about the lions and the jungles tonight. So that was a little bit of a teaser. But first, uh, so yes, there will be more singing later. But first, Brandon, tell the fine folks at home what this show is about. Each week, a different one of us brings a list. Could be 10 things, could be 7 things, could be 900 things. It's usually 10. And the other doesn't know any of those things. They try to guess it along with you, the listener at home or at work or riding a bike or paddling a boat Hmm. or taming a lion and the thing about it though is you know when when brandon brings a list it's very boring and dry Mm. and but when i bring a list it comes with singing and showmanship so that's what you're going to get today and you know you mentioned that our lists are usually 10 but not always that's the case today we have a list of nine so yeah, but before I tell you the list, got to give a quick plug to our newest Patreon-only bonus episode. It dropped this past weekend. It's where Brandon and I cover some recent hot, 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 hot celebrity news headlines from TMZ. A lot of butts in it. It's one of about 30 bonus episodes available right now exclusively at patreon.com slash tennispod. New bonus episodes are added every month, and you also get early and ad-free access to main episodes like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to patreon.com slash tennispod to sign up. And start listening. Mm-hmm. Brandon, I know you're at your wits end wanting to know what today's list yeah, I'm is. I'm on the pins and needles. You. Today, we're going to be talking about the top nine most successful, most effective, most efficient predators in the animal kingdom alive today. Based on their try to kill ratio? Yeah. Their kill success rate is the measurement I have. I looked up, I looked, did this come from an infographic? No. Okay. Well, I may have some help because this is a list idea that I explored at some point. And the best thing that I found was an infographic, but then it didn't match some other data I had. So I said, I don't want to do any work here. So I just stopped. Yeah. So I have some kind of memory about a bug or bird maybe being near the top. A bug. (laughs) A bug or a bird. Listen, there's nothing on this list that's a huge surprise. Except there's, there is one or two that might surprise you. But the rest of these are all, you know, your staple carnivore predatory animals. And again, these are all animals that are alive and, well, I was about to say alive and well, but many of them are very endangered and <laughs> oh, okay. like on the verge of extinction. But they are alive today. My data comes from discoverwildlife.com and Wikipedia. Brandon, mm-hmm. what is an apex predator? An apex predator is at the top of the food chain. They don't, nothing, they eat anything they want and nothing eats them. Yep. Typically, nothing eats them. Apparently, I don't know if I would have known this beforehand, but apparently these are all apex predators on the list. This comes from the article where I pulled this from at discoverwildlife.com. Being an apex predator is tough, and for many species, most pursuits end in failure, while smaller hunters risk losing their hard-won meals to bigger beasts. Mm-hmm. But which is the deadliest animal, and which predator has to work hardest to get a meal? Our apex predator guide looks at animals that hunt in the wild, comparing common prey and the hunting success rate of each species. So, to break, just the simplest definition is, if an animal goes out to hunt 100 times... Right, how many times did they come back successful? Yeah, successful, yes. You got it. Okay. We're doing the top nine because that's all I got. 
Okay. So whenever you're ready. You started us out uh, singing the worst version of a song about a lion I've ever heard. Hot take. So I'm going to guess that Lion is in the top 10, surprisingly yeah. lower than number five. I'm going to say it's in the bottom. It's going to say it's in the bottom half, Lion. Yep. In hindsight, despite the smooth melody of my voice, uh, it might not have been worth it since I did ruin one of these guesses. You're right. Or spoil it. It's the line, and you're right again. It is number six in the top nine. Mm -hmm. What would you guess the kill success rate is for a typical lion? One out of five. Okay, okay. I would have thought higher, mm -hmm. but uh, you're actually a little lower. It's one in four. 25% is the kill success rate for a lion. These are all in percentages? Yes, sorry. I should have mentioned that. Yeah, all in percentages. And there were these notes saying that, you know, depending on the animal they're hunting, they might have a better success rate than others. But as an overall average percentage, this is what we got, 25% for the mighty lion. Now, the lions are the archetypical, or wait, archetypal? Arch <laughs> archetypal. Archetypal. Thank you, fucking Jesus. Uh, archetype, <laughs> fuck it. They're the typical apex predator a lot of us think of. Their hunting success rate strongly depends on the number of lions involved. For example, a single lion hunting in daylight has a success rate of around 19%, but this increases for those hunting as a group to as much as 30%. They got to stick to a group. But that is the opposite for another animal in the list that we're going to talk about. Oh, the when lion they hunt is alone, they're better when they hunt in a group. Yes, they actually do worse. Mm -hmm. Now, the lion's a social kitty forms groups called prides. A lion pride consists of a few adult males, related females and cubs. Groups of female lions usually do the hunting together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, remember in uh, The Lion King, which is where all my lion knowledge comes from, uh -huh. Scar, after he took over, he sat on his ass and he sent out the women to hunt, the lady lions to hunt, and mm -hmm. she's complaining because there's nothing left. You're right. And he's like, God, you guys fucking bitches won't stop complaining okay. okay you might be uh projecting a little bit there and there's also something else in lion king where scar plays with his food remember the mouse at the very beginning mm -hmm. that will also come into play later so as you know the lion is one of the most widely recognized animal symbols in human culture it's been extensively depicted in sculptures and paintings national flags and contemporary films and literature uh, they've been kept in menagerie since the time of the Roman Empire. Cultural menagerie. <laughs> That's a menagerie. What did I say? Menagerie is what you try to have in college, but it never works out. Menagerie <laughs> is like a small private zoo. The folks at home knew what I meant. Come mm -hmm. on. We don't all have our minds in the gutter all the time. <laughs> we, most of us, know how to read. <laughs> you are the podcasting world's most successful illiterate host. Thank you. I, no, I, I strive for that. Now, the male lion, what is its defining feature, Brandon? It's a beautiful mane. <laughs> it's a beautiful mane. It is the most recognizable feature of the species. Let me tell you about that mane. It starts growing when lions are about a year old. Color varies and darkens with age. Research shows its color and size are influenced by environmental factors, such as the temperature. Mane length apparently signals fighting success in male-male relationships. It signals fighting success. Yes. So the bigger your, oh, like if your mane hasn't been torn or bitten out or won't grow due to scars, it means you're more successful in fights. The bigger the mane, yeah. the less you've been bitten around the neck. 
Yes. And there's also studies that show darker maned lions as opposed to lighter maned have a longer reproductive cycle, higher offspring survival, but they do suffer in the hotter months of the year because, you know, darker mane is going to be hotter. Presence, absence, color, and size of the mane are associated with genetic preconditions, sexual maturity, yeah. climate, and testosterone production. The rule of thumb is that a darker, fuller mane indicates a healthier animal. So, Brandon, how dark is your mane? <laughs> uh, well, I guess my mane, uh, the mane in a, in a man would be around the neck. Like, how thick can, mm. I, thick can I grow my neck beard? Sure. Maybe the equivalent of a mane and a man would be the beard. The beard and the hair on the head. Could be the pubic hair too, though. The bush? Yeah. Oh, I guess it's fine. But it's not the same because the lion has a pubic area. It's on the opposite fucking end of the lion. Oh, baby. Yeah, but the human... Look. It's the beard. It's the beard. Yeah, beard's fine. Let's go with the beard. Let me tell you about the hunting success of the lion. Typical hunts, each lioness has a favored position in the group. Either <laughs> is it fucking 69? <laughs> well, this is the menagerie, don't forget. Or is it menagerie? Which one's the best? Which one's the sexual? <laughs> menagerie sounds like menage a trois. Yes. Menagerie is like a big birdhouse or something. <laughs> okay. So the lioness has a favored position in the group. They either stalk the prey on the wing... Mm-hmm. Uh, then attacking or moving a smaller distance in the center of the group and capturing prey fleeing from other lionesses. They're very strategic about it. Yeah. Males attached to prides do not usually participate in group hunting. Mm-mm. Some evidence suggests that, however, that males are just as successful as t- females and males, when they do hunt, are typically solo lions, not part of a pride. They just run in straight, open their mouth. Bro, I'm a lion, bro. What does the male lion do then if not hunting? Because it doesn't take care of the kids. He's just lying around. <laughs> he is. I've seen, I've seen him on uh, like, uh, uh, you know, nature shows. They just lay around. They're really lazy. I've seen the one, think about the one at the zoo. The only time I've seen him sitting up is when he's banging. <laughs> banging the other lion. The rest of the time he's laying down. I do recall now from like a sign at the zoo that the average lion sleeps like 20 out of 24 hours a day. Yeah. So, he's doing a lot of sleeping and a lot of fucking. Lying around. The lion's attack is short and powerful. They attempt to catch prey with a fast rush and final leap. They can run in really really fast and short bursts, but not sustain. Lions do not usually hunt humans, but some, usually males, seem to seek them out. We talked about this before, Brandon, on a past episode. The Savo man-eaters in 1898, 28 officially recorded railway workers building the Kenya Ganda Railway were taken by lions over nine months Yeah, during construction. That's the part, what movie is that? That, that is the... The Ghost in the Darkness. Yes. Based on a true story. Got Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer. Yeah, listeners of the show. Uh, there's some documentary on Val Kilmer, or one of these streaming services has a documentary and it's all about how fucking weird he is. Uh, he is weird. Yeah, hell of an ass though. Hyenas frequently challenge lions and steal their kills, obtaining food from 63% of all lion kills. When confronted by a lion, spotted hyenas either leave or wait patiently at a distance of about 30 meters or 100 feet until the lions have finished. Hyenas are bold enough to feed alongside lions and to force the lions off a kill. You might even say that hyenas are the sidekick hosts of the animal kingdom. They're just riding the lion's coattails. Yeah. Well, that's the way they were in The Lion King. Yeah. Again, that's all you need to know about lions is all in that movie. 
Well, and it's implied here that lions and hyenas kind of coexist, which is, again, relevant to the Lion King because they are under Scar. That's exactly what I said. Cool. But I said it more elegantly. Sure. You mean eloquently? <laughs> no, wait. They're both right. Elegant still works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a fancy boy. Give me another guess. Okay. Uh, how about the wolf? The wolf. Is it higher or lower than the lion? Smart guy. It's higher. It's lower. Oh. This is the one I uh, mentioned earlier that actually does better on its own instead of a pack, which you wouldn't think, right? Yeah, I didn't know. The wolf is number seven. We all think of the wolf as a pack animal. It's one of the most distinctive pack animals there is. We'll talk more about that in a second. It has a kill success rate of 14%, which is pretty low. The lion had 25. The wolves have 14. In a movie, the wolf expert always fucking tells you, wolf's a pack hunter. Yeah. Well, it is. Like he fucking knows everything. Evidently not. Well, maybe it's me that doesn't know anything. Do you ever think of that? All the time. The wolf travels in nuclear families. So, this is something else I didn't know. The pack, right? I just thought it was. Use a a bomb? Huh? It knows how to use a bomb? It's funny. Maybe it's the wolves that took out Hiroshima, right? Let's just keep moving on. (laughs) Okay. When you think of a wolf pack, I always thought it was just a bunch of random wolves together. You know, some of them had kids, whatever. But no, really. When I wo- think of a wolf pack, I think about me and my boys on Friday night Is hitting that right? town <laughs> in our leather jackets. Which boys are those? I want their names. There are other 40-year-old men. <laughs> uh, and how, are their, how thick are their manes? <laughs> We're all on testosterone. <laughs> We're all doing great now. Okay, great. Our tea is high again. Uh, the wolf travels in nuclear families packs mm-hmm. consisting of a mated pair accompanied by their offspring. That's the pack. A male and a female that are, that are fucking mm-hmm. and their kids. Yeah. There's no randos in there. Okay. That's weird. I, I didn't know that, that either. Now, not, I'm not saying that never happens, like that they never take in a, a, a random adult, but it's, it's rare. Sometimes they take in a feral child. It's true. You know, that's probably, I mean, that, has that happened? Like it recordedly? Raised by wolves? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Or is that just like an urban legend sort of thing? I mean, I'm sure it's happened. So, wolf offspring uh, leave to form their own packs on the onset of sexual maturity and response to competition for food within the pack. Now, single wolves and mated pairs, so, you know, the two adult wolves without the rest of the pack, they have a higher success rate in hunting than do large packs. I mean, just like you have a better time going out before you have kids. You could drag your kids with you. Everything sucks and it's harder. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Or the end of the world. You know, I'm going to do a lot better surviving by myself than if I have to drag along my two little brats. That's right. It works that way too. Hey kids, there's a meteor. I'm going out for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. That's, that's very on brand for you. They wouldn't question that. Now, wolf attacks on humans are rare because wolves are relatively few, live away from people, and have developed a fear of humans because humans are assholes. Despite popular belief, wolves do not howl at the moon. Wolves howl instead to assemble the pack, usually before and after hunts, which is a badass like, assemble, and they all come together after a kill. That's badass. Uh, They also howl to pass on an alarm to locate each other during a storm. Mm Mm-hmm. Brandon, you and I do that. I usually howl to find you in the stormy rain <laughs> we're outside. In, we're in a fucking house. <laughs> You're fine. Some thunder. Oh, oh. 
Brandon. I'm downstairs in the goddamn bathroom. <laughs> You've been in there a while. <laughs> Wolf howls can, under certain conditions, be heard up to 50 square miles or 130 kilometers. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. Although I disagree. I know they howl at the moon. I've seen it on a fucking million shirts at the Tulsa State Fair. <laughs> How did that come to be, that trend? I don't know. There was a very short time before it was like ironic to wear the wolf howling at the moon where I had a shirt with three wolves running on it that I was really into. <laughs> and then it became ironically like funny to wear it and I, I wouldn't wear my wolf shirt anymore. You still have it? No, no. I think uh, maybe we can bring it back, the wolf shirt. It already had a time of being ironically funny to wear the wolf shirt. Now we're in the postmodern wolf mm -hmm. t-shirt era where it would not be good. The best animal shirt I ever saw was that uh, I took my kid. I know this is derailing, but I've never got to tell anyone this before. I took my oldest son when he was maybe three or four to this event where they had train stuff. They had model trains and then they had small trains that you could ride on. It was all about trains. He was really into trains. But there was this family there, a mom and two sons who were, I guess, all about the trains, but they were also all about white rats. You know, like white rats with red eyes? Well, they Albino rats? Yeah, okay. I guess so. White rats with red eyes. They each were wearing a shirt where the entire shirt, the whole print of the shirt was the giant image of a white rat with giant red eyes and the red eyes were like on the chest. So the kids, both kids had this... The nips? Yes, both kids had this scary looking white rat with red eyes shirt. And the mom, the big dumpy mom had one too. Only the rat's <laughs> eyes were like big red <laughs> sausage nipples on the end of her boobs. <laughs> sausage nipples. And I was so just like... I trains went completely out the window and i was just all about this family of white rat white rat shirt family now be honest did you get her number the mom no but i took their picture secretly and my wife was like someone's gonna kill you one day for doing that <laughs> now let me ask you just for clarification's sake because we like to be clear and concise on this podcast when you say she had sausage nipples do you mean that the nipples themselves were like sausage pat, like rounded sausage patties? Or do you mean that? <laughs> okay. I mean, the orientation of yes. the rat's eyes <laughs> relative to the rest of the shape of her breasts made uh -huh. it, I would say it was definitely in the southern hemisphere <laughs> and pointing out at odd angles. So, <laughs> Oh, baby. Tell me again, but this time slower. And between bated breaths. The southern hemispheres of her boobs. You're proud of that one. Uh -huh. Well, to get us back on topic. So wolf. Let, <laughs> let me tell you how the wolf fucking slaughters its prey. The wolf makes use of its two and a half inch fangs and its powerful masseter, masseter muscles to deliver a bite force of 28 kilograms. You don't know what that word means. We went over words before the show. And I, masseter? I, I said, do you know what masseter means? And you said, no. I said, don't use it. <laughs> and here you are throw, throwing around masseter like you know what it means. Well, what does it mean? 
I don't know. You don't fucking know. Probably chewing. Probably something to okay. do with chewing. Powerful masseter muscles, yeah? Kind of like, uh, well, what's that word for chewing? Or, uh... Masticating. Yeah, masticating. Who came up with that? <laughs> do you masticate? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's fucking making the English language could fuck off because they had to know that masticate and masturbate are so fucking close to each other. And they're so different. It's a good go-to joke for youth pastors to make. <laughs> yeah. He got caught masticating. Whoa. <laughs> Shout out to the youth pastors listening right now who are playing this aloud for their youth group. <laughs> There's a godly lesson at the end of the episode. I promise everyone. All right. They're chewing muscles. What are, yeah. That's what makes them fierce. So anyway, they break open the skulls of their prey. Yeah. Once the prey is brought down, wolves begin to feed excitedly. It's just like you with that fucking hot dog. They <laughs> rip and tug at the carcass in all directions uh-huh. and bolting down large chunks of it. Again, the hot dog. The breeding pair typically eats first. They usually work the hardest at killing the prey and may rest after a long hunt and allow the rest of the family to eat undisturbed. Once the breeding pair has finished eating, the rest of the family tears off pieces of the carcass and transports them to secluded areas where they can eat in peace. Wolves typically commence feeding by consuming the larger internal organs like the heart, liver, lungs, and stomach lining. The kidneys or spleen are eaten once they are exposed, followed by the muscles. Isn't this fascinating? It is, actually. And a wolf can eat up to 19% of its body weight in a single feeding. Yeah, they eat all the nutritious organ meat first. That's super gross. Again, remember I told you about that show Alone last week where Mm -hmm. they, they have to live alone in the wilderness? They eat the organ meat. This guy, he killed a, what was it? Was it an elk? Something like that? Something big. He ate it balls first. He ate every bit of it. He ate the balls. He ate all the organs. He even cut off the lips and was eating that because of some, I guess because they're fatty or something. God damn. I swear to God, he ate every single bit of it. How long are they in the woods? He had to make it 100 days to win. Oh, 100 days. Okay. I was going to say, if it's like seven days... I ain't getting to the lips in seven days. I mean, no. lips, lips are a day 99 snack. He wasn't waiting until day 99, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, so anyway. Day one, I'm going to kiss an elk. <laughs> Fondling the balls at the same time. Christ almighty. Okay. Let's get back on track, please. Give me another guess. How about a shark? Hmm. You know, I wonder if these are mammals only. Oh, there's no. It doesn't say that, but I don't see a shark, which you'd think would be on here. Okay. It, well. Here's a mammal of the sea. What about the dolphin? Are they hunters? Yeah, they eat fish. No, they're not. I don't know. I guess you, they don't. I don't know. Uh, so I guess they're not an apex predator. Is a killer whale a hunt? No, nothing that swims. Well, okay. nothing that lives in the water, I should say. What about an otter? What the fuck is wrong with you? Is an otter an apex predator? <laughs> I thought, well, it's an... A- Sometimes it swims, and I thought for sure there would be some of those like cute little animals that don't look very deadly that are fucking madhouse killers. There are cute animals on here, but no otters. What about a house cat? I didn't think you'd get that. A house cat is number five, higher than the lion, higher than the wolf. I thought they had a pretty good rate because like, I mean, they're successful with mice. Yeah, and bugs. Mm -hmm. My fucking cat kills bugs every day. So, the cat. I'm not going to go in super in depth on the cat because we've covered the cat in a past episode, but I'm going to focus on <laughs> its killing. Folks at home what a, what a house cat is. <laughs> it's a super cute animal that I'm obsessed with, and it has a kill success rate of 32%, more than double the wolf's rate. Yeah. 
But get this, when the house cat is hunting in the open, I guess that means like it's not an indoor cat. I don't really understand. It just says when they're hunting in open habitat, the kill rate goes up to 70%. But despite a 70% kill rate for these outdoor cats, only 28% of the kills are actually eaten because cats like to kill for sport, which is cute in its own way. It is cute. They're not killing anything important. Well, are they? I don't know. I mean, if you, you know, if it got a hold of your hamster or something, uh, not a hamster, but like a gerbil, it might. Anyway, the cat is similar in anatomy to the other big cat species. It has a strong, flexible body, quick reflexes, sharp teeth, and retractable claws adapted to killing small prey. Its night vision and sense of smell are also well-developed, and it can also hear sounds way too faint or too high in frequency for human ears, such as those made by cute little mice squeaks. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Isn't it cute that mice have their own little language? Wait, are we not supposed to be able to hear a mouse squeaking? I mean, maybe some of the squeaks. Okay. I don't know. Do you, are, you, are you talking to mice? Uh, no. <laughs> be honest. Are you, are you training a mouse like the guy in the Green Mile? <laughs> like uh, Joseph Callinger, I keep screaming at these mice that if, I put, <laughs> that if I fix your feet, if I correct your feet with little orthopedic shoes, I'm not going to have to kill right. He would scream at the mice, and when they wouldn't do it right, he would have to kill them. Yeah, I forgot about that. He he legit made little shoes for mice, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to last podcast on the left for that. The cat was first domesticated in the Near East around 7500 BC, but perhaps the best known element of cats' hunting behavior is that cats often appear to play with their prey by releasing it after capture. This is what I meant with the scar thing earlier in Lion King. This cat and mouse behavior is due to an instinctive imperative to ensure that the prey is weak enough to be killed without endangering the cat. So what I take from that is they like to capture it and release it to, I, I guess, evaluate whether or not it's weak enough yet. That's cute, right? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. That's playing with it. So another element of cat hunting is the presentation of prey to human guardians. You know that, right? Because you're not a cat owner, but the cat will yeah, bring they like you... like to make you happy. Yeah. They bring, like, a lot of people will walk out in their front porch and there'll be a fucking a dead mouse or a dead bird on there. And it's because the cat leaves it there for you. Again, fucking cute. One explanation is that cats adopt humans into their social group and share excess kill with others in the group according to domestic hierarchy, in which humans are reacted to as if they are near the top of the hierarchy. So they're, they're wanting to please you. Or another explanation is that they attempt to teach their guardians to hunt or to help their human as if feeding an elderly cat or an inept kitten. You can't say anything about the fucking cat without it being fucking cute. The reason your cat might bring you something is because it thinks you're too stupid to get it for yourself. Yes. And it's trying to teach you. Fucking idiot can't even feed yourself. Which goes against everything because if your cat lives with you, then it sees you fucking feeding yourself all the time because my cat watches me do that. But it doesn't stop it from bringing dead grasshoppers to the porch every day. No. Last note is that as we covered... In a past episode, the domestic cat is the second most popular pet in the U.S. There's over 95 million cats owned, hundreds of million more worldwide that are strays. For more on the cat, listen to episode 120, where we cover the most popular household pets. Okay, what about... All you need to know about the cat is they're fucking cute. That's it. There's other kind of cats. What about a cheetah? Yes. The cheetah is number three. Probably on account of it's so damned fast. It is fast, but with some caveats. We also covered the cheetah in our fastest animals episode. But let me give you a refresher and also focus on its fucking murderous ways. The cheetah, 
also very cute, has a success rate of 58%, more than double the lion. It is the fastest land animal, estimated to be capable of running up to 98 kilometers an hour or 61 miles per hour, and as such has several adaptations for speed, including a light build, long thin legs, and a long tail. Sharply contrasting with big cats in its morphology, the cheetah shows several adaptations for prolonged chases to catch prey at some of the fastest recorded speeds. Here's how they do it. It has a light streamlined body that makes it well suited to short, explosive bursts of speed, rapid acceleration, and an ability to execute extreme changes in direction while moving at a high speed. The large nasal passages accommodated well due to the smaller size of the canine teeth ensure fast flow of sufficient air and the enlarged heart and lungs allow the enrichment of blood with oxygen in a short time. This allows cheetahs to rapidly regain their stamina after a chase. I think they're one of the coolest looking animals. When you look at a cheetah and put it side by side with like almost, well, pretty much all other big cats, Mm -hmm. its body is definitely like markedly different. Yeah, it has, it has the cat version of a sprinter's body. Like lean with like super long shoulder and thigh or Mm. or hip muscles. But yeah, it's coat with the spots and then they have that tail that I think they use it to like help uh, steer or turn or balance or something too because it's kind of kind of a fatter tail they look Mm -hmm. cool they have a cool uh they have cool stripes under their eyes too along the side of their snout and i have a note here that they have been seen eating cheetos in the wild (laughs) god damn it (laughs) and promoting cheetos to all the other animals that it finds in the animal kingdom before killing them here's how they to kill them cheetah is active during the day with peaks during dawn and dusk It feeds on small to medium-sized prey such as impala and gazelles. The cheetah typically stalks its prey to about 70 meters or 230 feet. 230 feet is still a long way. I mean, what is that, almost a football field? Yeah. That's how close it gets when it stalks. And then from that point on, it charges up to 61 miles an hour, trips it during the chase, and bites its throat to suffocate it to death. God. Pretty cool, huh? But once the hunt is over, the prey is taken near to a nearby bush or under a tree. The cheetah, highly exhausted after the chase, rests besides the kill and pants heavily for up to 55 minutes before eating. Isn't that <laughs> That's crazy? That's me after I eat, panting heavily for 55 minutes. <laughs> no, but you pant after you eat, whereas the cheetah pants before it eats. That's what I said. Yeah, after I eat. <laughs> Cheetahs nearby who did not take part in the hunt might feed on the kill immediately because they sometimes hunt in groups or oh. usually do, I guess. As opposed to a lot of other animals, including on this list, cheetahs in groups devour the kill peacefully. And last but not least, the 2016 global cheetah population was about 7,100 cheetahs in the wild. Is that good or bad? That's bad. Oh, no. Are people killing them for their fur? Yeah. That's so fucking stupid. You can make... Of course it's stupid. Isn't it cheaper and easier just to make fake fur? Well... Is real fur even fucking necessary at all? No. The answer to all that is it's stupid and no, but it's even stupider to kill a cheetah and then post a photo of it on social media with your big fat ass smiling next to its dead body. Who did that? Well, people do that all the time. Wasn't there, I think it was, was it Jimmy John's? The Jimmy John's owner took a picture of a dead elephant like within the last few months, got a lot of backlash for it, rightfully so. Oh, I don't know. Every picture I've ever seen with a white person standing beside one of those like African safari trophy animals, they've either been morbidly obese 
Like I saw one guy that I was like, he was standing beside an elephant or something. And I just remember. And he's bigger than the elephant. (laughs) I just remember thinking, how did he get out there? Well, he fucking rode a golf cart. It is not easy to get in the middle of the bush. How did this guy get, did, has he got a, like a ATV rascal? And then it's either that or it's uh, Trump's fucking idiot sons. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to the elephant in particular. I think the elephant is a pretty docile animal to where you could even walk up to. I, I could be wrong here. I don't know. But I think you could walk up almost to a pack. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't do anything if you didn't make any sudden movements. It's really fucked up to kill. So, <laughs> you could really walk right up to it and just pull out a gun and just shoot it right there. Yeah, I'm sure like I'm sure that morbidly obese fucker who shot whatever he shot, whatever it was, it wouldn't have mattered if it was whatever it was, he would have been just as satisfied and proud of himself if he walked up to something that was chained on the ground. Yeah, which that could have been it too. Someone else could have shot it but not killed it and then who knows, but you know, just don't kill him. <laughs> it's that simple. Okay, so that, that's it for the cheetah? Yeah, it was number three. I'm going to do some that I'm not sure about, like, uh, the, okay. like a cobra. No. Python. No reptiles. No, no re- reptiles. No reptiles. What about a weasel or mon- mongoose? Something like that. Mm-mm. Okay. What about a hawk? No birds. No birds. So no eagle either. Jesus Christ. It didn't say this, but it's possible that this is a mammal only list because everything on here is a mammal. Oh, okay. Okay. So no Komodo dragon, no crocodile or alligator. No. What about a seal? You, you know, I have to think a crocodile and alligator probably has a low success rate anyway. Really? And you said a seal? Yeah. No, but something that primary diet is a seal is in the top. Primary right. diet of a seal. The food it eats most is a seal. A sh- wait, a sh- I said a no. shark, didn't I? Mm-mm-mm. Well, you did, but it's not that. Something that eats a seal. Oh, a polar bear. A polar bear. Yeah, where is that? Is that number... And they're pretty fierce. Is it number two? Way down at number eight. Oh. So, to recap really quick, we had three cheetah with a 58% success rate, five domestic cat, six lion, seven wolf, and eight at 10%, the polar bear. That's a crappy rate. That's a lot of wasted time chasing little animals around, or big animals, I guess. It's seals. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Like, 90% of their food is seals. Oh. The only other bear similar in size to the polar bear is the Kodiak bear, which is a subspecies of brown bear. Adult male polar bears weigh up to 700 kilograms or 1,500 pounds and measure up to 3 meters or 10 feet tall. Or tall slash long, whatever. They are buck wild. We used to have a polar bear at the Tulsa Zoo. Holy shit, he was huge. Yeah, they're big. Yes, up to 1,500 pounds, in fact, 10 feet tall. Imagine turning around and a polar bear was right there standing above you honestly for at least for a split second it would be confusing because if you didn't have any sort of sense of sight like size on them no no context for how big they were they weren't standing next to a banana or a quarter they just look super cute they look cute and fluffy like you just give one a big hug mm-hmm. and their eyes like they just have these big sweet black like doll eyes in the middle of their fluffy head but 
then there's like pictures of them just fucking covered in gore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for so the first so when I turned around for the first split second it'd be like I don't know whether where I want to hug it or whether I know like it's over. I think you would it's over <laughs> right now. It's over. But you know, it's interesting. It's 10 feet tall or up to 10 feet tall, 3 meters. That's got to be like if the Bigfoot is real that we saw in the Patterson tape in the 60s. That's got to be like Bigfoot size, right? Maybe even bigger. 10 feet? If it's sta- like standing up? Yeah. That fucking thing could take on Bigfoot. Oh, that's definitely bigger than Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot's just a fucking phony-ass bitch. A puppy. Polar bear is an excellent swimmer and will often swim for days. In fact, one bear was observed swimming continuously without a break for nine days in the frigid burning sea. 400 miles. Not only are they gigantic, but they're like fucking Captain America in terms of their endurance. Yeah, not only that, but when they can also sprint and reach up to 25 miles an hour or 40 kilometers per hour. They are the Captain America of animals. And they're cute on top of it too. And they play, their little cubs play. It's like the perfect animal. Unlike brown bears, polar bears are not territorial. Although stereotyped as being uh, very aggressive, they are normally cautious in confrontations and often choose to escape rather than fight. But they always look kind of chill. Like, yeah. you know, there's pictures of, of other bears and like you look at them, the first thing you think of or you Google them, the first thing you see is a picture of them going like, you know, that extra wide mouth a bear makes when it roars and its teeth kind of wiggle around. It goes, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, polar bears don't do that. They always look pretty cool and chill. Yeah. Well, don't they have like a smaller snout too? Yeah. They just look, that's why they're selling Coca-Cola. Then the other bears are killing uh, or attacking Leonardo DiCaprio in the woods. Oh, yeah. Was that a grizzly in The Revenant? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've only seen that movie once, but that scene sticks with you. So, I told you about the seals. Polar bear's most common hunting method is called still hunting. The bear uses its excellent sense of smell to locate a seal breathing hole. Because, you know, seals have to come up out of the ice for air every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So, the polar bear crouches nearby in silence and waits for the seal to appear. The bear may lie in wait for several hours. When the seal exhales, the bear smells its breath, reaches into the hole with a forepaw, and drags it out onto the ice. It kills it then by crushing its skull in its mouth. Okay, right up until the crushing its skull part. It's actually kind of cute. Finding the hole and sniffing the breath, and then just hunkering down and waiting there, and then... (laughs) Then it and ends. he digs it out with his hand, not his mouth. And it ends with biting into their head the same way you bite into a, like a big peanut butter M&M. Well, tell me if you think this is cute. Another hunting method the bear uses is it goes into the birth lair of a seal and fucking kills the babies and eats them. <laughs> well, <laughs> that bear's got to eat. Yeah, and it's baby cute adorable cubs have to eat too. Yeah. Unlike the brown and black bears, polar bears are capable of fasting for several months during late summer and early fall Mm -hmm. when they cannot hunt for seals because the sea is unfrozen. When sea ice is unavailable during summer and early autumn, some populations of polar bear live off fat reserves for months at a time. Polar bears do not hibernate. So they they live off the fat while they're still awake, I guess. Yeah. That's the polar bear number eight with a 10% kill success rate. Okay, well... In that case, isn't any other kind of bear like the grizzly bear? No more bears. No more bears. In fact, all but one is a cat. All but one is a cat. Well, I have some cats written down here. 
So my next guess was tiger. Tiger. Is the tiger, where is the tiger? Number two. Tiger only has a kill success rate of 9%. Oh, it's nine. Nine at nine. Putting it at nine, yep. Surprising, right? You think of the tiger as like this fucking killer. The tiger is one of my other favorite animals. Yeah. Just like the cheetah, it looks impossible. It doesn't look like that there should be an animal that looks like that. But there is. It's awesome. Well, not only is it like this killer, really super interesting animal, it has a fucking like the most beautiful <laughs> like exterior Well, that's what, that's what I mean. That's exactly oh, okay. what I'm talking about. Like your nature usually makes an animal that's just like all brown or tan. You mean God, right? <laughs> yeah, God. Not nature, God. Animals usually just look like the background, which is normally woods and dirt and stuff like that. But a tiger looks like something an art student made up. Let me tell you about the tiger. It's the largest living cat species. Tiger cubs stay with their mother for about two years, which is fucking cute as hell again, before they become independent and leave their mother's home range to establish their own. Tigers are uh, usually independent, although not exclusively. Mm -hmm. Tiger is a strong swimmer and often bathes in ponds, lakes, and rivers, thus keeping cool in the heat of the day. Individuals can swim up to 18 miles or 29 kilometers in a single day. Impressive. It is. It's a big, heavy animal, and it can swim for 18 miles in Another a day. Another reason why they're fucking terrifying, to be that big, and then just keep on going. Yep. But it might be worth it to be mauled by a tiger just to see it fucking get out of the water and shake like a dog. <laughs> Although for the most part, avoiding each other, tigers are not always territorial, and relationships between individuals can be complex. An adult of either sex will sometimes share its kill with others, even those who may not be related to them. So sometimes, tigers, even though they're independent, single, solitary animals, they'll notice another tiger who's hungry and will share its food with it. That's awesome. Meanwhile, you won't even share your fucking chips with me at Subway. After killing their prey, tigers sometimes drag it to conceal in vegetative cover. This too can require great physical strength. In one case, after it had killed an adult, gar or gower? Gower? Spell it. G-A-U-R. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Probably some sort of antelope thing. Gower. Anyway. A tiger was observed dragging one of those, dragging a massive carcass over a... Oh, you know what? I think this is like a buffalo-sized animal. It dragged that carcass 39 feet or 12 meters. When 13 men, 13 adult grown men, simultaneously tried to drag the same carcass later, they were unable to move it. Jesus. An adult tiger can go up to two weeks without eating and then gorge itself on 34 kilograms or 75 pounds of flesh at one time. 75 fucking pounds. That's a lot of fucking flesh. Damn. Occasionally, tigers come to view people as prey. Such attacks are most common in areas where population growth, logging, and farming have put pressure on tiger habitats and reduced their wild prey. I was going to say, or locations where fucking idiots breed hundreds of tigers that they cannot afford to raise. <laughs> but what's interesting about these tigers that eat people is that most of them are old, missing teeth, and unable to capture their preferred prey, which means... Um, Humans are so fucking easy to hunt and kill compared to the typical prey. It is funny how animals or humans are so smart as a species, but we are so unequipped to like survive predators in the wild. Oh yeah, against a cat, no, yeah. we've got nothing. Except the best you can do is try to go for its eyeballs, but I don't. I don't think you're gonna make it. No, I would just go to a tiger. I'd say, 
here, kitty, 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 kitty. And I would hold out a little squeaky mouse toy and hope for the best. It'd be really embarrassing for your, the, your last words to be, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> kitty, 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 kitty. 2015, the global tiger population in the wild was less than 4,000, which was even less than the cheetah. Yeah, that's bad. It's bad. Would they, I mean, they could be fucking extinct. It's not unthinkable that that could happen. My last note, you mentioned the tiger was your favorite animal or one of them. Mm-hmm. The people agree because Animal Planet did a poll in 2004 taken by 50,000 people in 73 countries. Tiger was voted the world's favorite animal, narrowly beating the dog. <laughs> the dog is like, all I do is love you and kiss your ass and want to be by you. And tigers want to eat you 100% of the time. And the dogs have been working on perfecting the human-to-dog relationship for millions of years. Yeah. Not good He's enough. He's like, ah, well, I guess I don't have stripes. That's a list I'm going to do in the future, though. Most popular animals. So stay tuned. So you're missing number four, two, and one. Okay. What about the jaguar? No jaguar. Something very similar, though. A leopard? A leopard is is the... Oh, like jaguar, leopard, and panther are all basically the same thing to me. Yeah. Yeah, they're all similar. They look similar, but the leopard's the only one on here are those three. With a 38% kill rate, kill success rate, putting it at number four, which is above every other big cat other than the cheetah, which was number three. Leopards are unique because, well... The tree shit, which I'll get to in a minute. The leopard has the largest distribution of all wild cats, occurring widely in Africa, Europe, and Asia, although populations are declining because humans suck. In sub-Saharan Africa, it is still numerous and surviving in marginal habitats where other large cats have disappeared. So the the leopard's kind of more successful than other big cats at adapting. There is considerable potential for human-leopard conflict in Africa because leopards prey on livestock. Oh, yeah. Well, unlike the lion and other animals we've covered, the leopard is solitary, territorial. Adults associate only in the mating season. That'd be great, too, if I never had to see another adult except when I'm mating, and the rest of the time I could be alone. Except the only time you ever see other ones are either lady leopards you're trying to get with, or other leopards that want to murder you so that you can't get those lady leopards. Well, it's a dangerous scene. I'm not talking about if I was a leopard. You're just out in the woods looking for a leopard to love on? No, out in the fucking, you know, people. Oh. I don't want to associate with adults unless I'm mating. Leopards are active from dusk till dawn and rest for most of the day. They can climb trees very skillfully, often rest on tree branches and descend from trees head first. They come down head first. They can leap over six meters or 20 feet horizontally. 20 feet. That's like if... uh, Shaquille O'Neal laid down, he cloned him three times and he laid down well, That just doesn't help me at all. That doesn't <laughs> help me at all. I know how much 20 feet is. It's a big fucking okay. jump. It's a lot. But they can also jump up to 10 feet vertically or three meters. You just don't sound impressed enough. I'm looking at pictures of leopards and just feeling impressed. The leopard stalks its prey and tries to approach as close as possible. Remember, the cheetah will stay back about 230 feet before it charges. Mm -hmm. But the leopard will get very close within 5 meters or 16 feet. So think about how sneaky they gotta be. 
They finally pounce and kill by suffocation. Kills a small prey with a bite on the back of the neck, but holds larger animals by the throat and fucking strangles them. Now this is the cool part. It is able to take large prey uh, due to its massive skull and powerful jaw muscles, and is therefore strong enough to drag carcasses heavier than itself up into trees, including giraffes. They drag a giraffe into a tree, to the top of the tree to fucking eat. How fucking scary that would be to be walking around Africa like I shouldn't be here to begin with. And then you turn yes. around and see a jaguar drag. A leopard, you asshole. I mean, a leopard. Whatever. Yeah, up a tree. Yeah. The same way a squirrel takes a nut up to a tree. The leopard's doing that with a giraffe. Now, leopards do avoid people usually, but humans may occasionally be targeted as prey. Although it is slightly smaller than a human, an adult leopard is much more powerful, you don't fucking say. <laughs> yeah. And easily capable of killing one. In fact, in India, the Panar leopard was believed to have killed more than 400 people. I mean, it is. A... <laughs> Look, I guess I'm sorry for all those people, but that is kind of cool. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers to those people's families. One leopard killed 400 people? Yeah. I mean, he gets the leopard medal of honor. I, I just feel like it's time to move after like the first 10 people are killed by the same leopard. Time to move. Oh, he has uh, his own little story. He was responsible for at least 400 fatal attacks on humans in uh, northern India in the early 20th century. He's a badass. Sorry. You got two left. Yeah. And they're both smaller. I mean, they're not like small, but they're smaller than most of the things we've talked about. Okay. And you said, is one of them in the cat family? Yes. It's not a big cat, though. You might not get this one. Is it a lynx? No. It's the black-footed cat. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, it's also called the small-spotted cat. It's basically the size of a big house cat. Uh-huh. And it looks like a house cat. It looks like a more wild version of a house cat. Look it up. It's the black-footed cat. It's number two. 60% kill rate. It's the smallest wild cat in Africa. I think they have these in zoos sometimes. If you're ever in a zoo and you see a cat and you're just like, what's a fucking normal ass cat doing in this zoo? That's the black-footed cat. They are astonishingly active and successful nocturnal hunters. It does look like a house cat. One scientist's observations show that they make hunting attempts every 30 minutes and are successful 60% of the time. They hunt every 30 minutes at night. Uh, they're one of the world's most efficient predators. They eat a wide variety of prey from gerbils and shrews to small birds and insects. They make 10 to 14 kills per night. <laughs> they look super cute. Like you could have one of these as a pet, but I'm going to guess that they would fuck your house up pretty bad. 14 kills in one night, every night. And they live in Africa? Yeah. Plenty of small, crazy critters to get around there. It uses scent marking throughout its range to let other black cats know to stay the fuck away. Receptive females were observed spraying urine up to 41 times in a stretch of 2,000 feet. God bless. That's a... Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of urine. That's not aren't that... you glad that our wives aren't just spraying urine everywhere to let other women know? Well, there's a whole section of Pornhub that is all about that. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, it is. Okay, but they're still not squatting every few feet over 2,000 feet to fucking piss and warn other women. Spraying it. (laughs) Oh, man. So, let me tell you about this 1993 study. Mm -hmm. Female male black cat 
black-footed cat were followed for 620 hours and observed. They caught vertebrates every 50 minutes and killed 14 animals per night. They killed shrews and rodents by biting the neck or in the head and consumed them completely on sight. They stalked birds quietly, followed by a quick chase and a jump of up to four and a half feet or one and a half meters, and also catching some in midair. So these little things are small but fierce. And what do you say their kill ratio was? 60%. It's like they've got a cheat code. The tiger had a 9% success rate. The lion, 25%. The domestic cat, 32 This fucking thing, 60%. It's having the time of its life every night. Yeah. So what it has a higher success rate than that? And I'm going to tell you, the number one has an 85% kill rate. Okay. This is in the Tulsa Zoo as well. There's one in the Tulsa Zoo? Several, yes. Okay. Let me think here. Several. They're pack animals. Chimpanzee? No. <laughs> That's a scary thought, though, if they were <laughs> carnivorous <laughs> predators. How pissed would you be if number one was the human? Has a 100% success rate, just goes to the fridge. Talking about, talking about like packs just being like gangs and stuff. <laughs> what about like a wolverine? Do we A wolverine. No, but you're, you're not that far off. Wolverine. What else do they have? Tasmanian devil? Uh, what, what, what are those little badgers? No. Uh, Wolverine, I guess, was a bad tell. It's, uh, it looks a little like a hyena. Oh, like a wild dog? African wild dog. You know, you said that we have them at the Tulsa Zoo, and we do, and that we have a couple of them, and we do, but the thing is, Maybe even they're nocturnal or something, but I, they have the, a pretty decent size open space and I've never fucking seen them once. No. <laughs> Same. They're always sleeping. They're always sleeping under some bushes or something. Yeah. Well, I went to the Nashville Zoo not long ago and there was probably 15 or 20 in one exhibit uh-huh. and they were all piled up on top of, like on top of each other. <laughs> they little... didn't give them bushes. <laughs> that was, that's no. the difference. They said, no bushes. We want people to see this pile of sleeping dog one of them got up to move around and he was just walking on the rest of them and none of them cared they must be like some animals i think are more lenient about being nocturnal like the lion i think gets up and does shit during the day but generally they try to hunt at night right i think some animals are a little like more laid back about their schedule but african wild dogs do not fucking they're like shomer shabbos every day <laughs> Well, let me tell you about this guy. 85% kill success rate. The lean frames and endearingly large ears of African wild dogs are deceptive. They were the most successful predators anywhere. That's not the whole story, however. They may lose half of their kills, ranging from small impalas to wildebeest 10 times their weight. They lose those kills to other carnivores such as hyenas like and lions. Hyenas, yeah. It possesses a graceful skeleton, and the loss of the first digit on its forefeet increases its stride and speed, so it has one less toe than your typical dog. This adaptation allows it to pursue prey across open plains for long distances. Now, the teeth are generally parnassial-shaped, and its premolars are the largest relative to body size of any living carnivore except for the hyena. Yeah, it's got some big sharp teeth for a little guy. The African wild dog hunts by approaching prey silently, then chasing it in a pursuit, clocking up to 41 miles per hour or 66 kilometers per hour for 10 to 60 minutes, the chase lasts. I think I saw these on like, it might have been Planet Earth or something. 
and they hunt in a pretty damn big pack and it's kind of freaky like they i think if it's this one i'm remembering right they're showing it from overhead and they're just relentless yeah there's a lot that's why they're so successful because they they go in very large packs larger than most animal packs and they're fast and have amazing stamina they were chasing 41 miles an hour for 60 minutes now the chase during which the prey animal, if large, is repeatedly bitten on the legs over and over. It's bitten on the belly and the rump, the bum-bum, until it stops running while smaller prey is simply pulled down and torn apart. That comes from Wikipedia, torn apart. Wait, you're saying, oh, yeah, that's where, I have read somewhere else or heard somewhere else recently that that's where animals start eating is at the butthole. Oh, really? When animals, like, are going to eat, you know, something that they kill, like, one of the places you start to open something up, there's this convenient hmm. soft hole on one end you can start ripping from. That's a great visual. Yeah, good times. I'm going to give you another great visual. Tell me if this is anything like your upbringing in your family, if your family did this for you. Unlike most social predators, African wild dogs will regurgitate food for other adults as well as young family members. Oh. Pups old enough to eat solid food are given first priority at kills, eating even before the dominant pair. So that's unlike the wolves. Remember the wolves, the mating dominant pair will eat first and then the pups opposite here. But my question, did your mom or dad ever regurgitate food for you and your brother to uh, eat? I thought only birds did that. Well, you thought wrong. God damn, that's gross, dogs. Let's say you're 12 years old. You walk into the kitchen one day after waking up. You're yawning and stretching, ready for another day. And your mom says, oh, breakfast will be ready in a minute, Brandon. And then you look and you, you're about to leave and you turn back because you forget something and you see her in the corner. <laughs> Vomiting into a bowl? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Nick. It probably wouldn't matter if I caught her vomiting into the bowl or not. <laughs> oh, you're just such a snob. Won't even eat after your mother. It's one of those crimes that leaves a lot of evidence behind. <laughs> well, maybe she's perfected after so many times that it doesn't look quite... This waffle smells weird. <laughs> she says, oh, she'll wait till you see my blue waffle, son. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, you got all nine with some help from your expert uh, hint giver on the other line here. Mm-hmm. Top nine most successful predators alive today. Nine with 9% kill success rate is the tiger. Eight is the polar bear. Seven, the wolf, who's actually more successful alone than when with a pack. Six is the lion, five is the domestic kitty, four is the leopard, three is the cheetah, two is the black-footed cat, which kills 14 prey a night, and number one, with 85% kill success rate, the African wild dog. Nailed it. You can take these fun facts to your next work party and impress your friends. Uh, before we close out, I do want to uh, give a shout out to some other recent, well not recent, all of the past animal related episodes we've done if you need some more. We covered the most popular dog breeds on episode 12. We covered the smartest dog breeds on episode 47. Deadliest animals on episode 39. The strongest animals on 67. The fastest land animals on episode 90. And the most popular household pets on episode 120. They're all available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. And there's also new, full, searchable transcripts for every episode we do over at TennisPod.com. Brandon, what are your thoughts on these killers? Uh, Which one's the cutest? 
Well, I'll probably go like uh, just because everyone would say house cat. I'll say black footed cat because it's like the house cat, but a meaner, wilder. All right. Well, it's getting late, so let's close it out. Podcast reviews. Going to read a few reviews from listeners. First one comes from Scribbles by Mike on Apple Podcasts. Scribbles by Mike says, I like a good top 10 list and I like a good podcast. And this delivers on both fronts. (laughs) This isn't either one of them. (laughs) (laughs) The guys do their homework on the topic and give some great stories and facts about each entry while keeping up their casual banter. Recommended. Is our banter casual? It's very... I'm very serious. Yeah. I'm wearing a fucking tuxedo right now. Do you not wear a tuxedo every time we banter? One you wove out of grass. Oh, I like the connection to the last episode. You're a true podcast sidekick host now. Mm-hmm. Next one comes from Ungodly One on Apple Podcast. This fucking sinner of a listener says, they turned on the tennis via the Anyway Whatever podcast. Oh, yeah. I was a guest on the Anyway Whatever podcast several months back. <laughs> oh, they say they, they listened to us after I was on that podcast, despite the ridiculous endorsement of the Metallica album St. Anger, which I, which I liked. <laughs> I mentioned liking it on that podcast. This content is actually LOL funny, which is horrible because I listen while commuting. Teary, blurred eyes, and tossing one's head back on the Garden State Parkway. Subscribe, learn, laugh, rock on. Thank you. Tossing one's head back. They weren't specific, so I'm not sure if they mean that they kind of tilt their head back while they're laughing or if they literally take one of the severed heads in the front seat and toss it over their shoulder into the back seat. Like tossing salt over your shoulder for luck? Yeah. That's probably it. That's for luck. St. Anger is my favorite Metallica album, fucking come at me. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm not saying it's the most artistically brilliant. I'm saying it's my personal favorite. Fuck you. And if you want me to read your podcast reviews on the show, go write a podcast review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, and I'll read it on a future episode. Brandon, are you night-night? Are you sleepy, boy? Yep, it's time to go night-night. Everybody, everybody, no matter what you're doing, when you stop listening to this, go to bed. Go to bed, but don't forget to listen to that new bonus episode on Patreon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.